guys, how you doing? Welcome back to Vicarious Competition. We will no longer be announcing the episode number at the start of each episode. You're just gonna have to get that in the in the title or the subscription, you know, wherever you're downloading it from. I can't keep track of it. I can't handle it. Uh, I'm foreseeing this as a future problem, so uh, we're just gonna we're gonna kill that now, and you know, it's just we're gonna move on. So you know, get your shots in. Make fun of me now while you still can. Can't keep track of the episode numbers. Uh, the other reason, functionally, is I don't want to. I want to be able to reshuffle things. Uh, I'm doing a lot of pre-recording on these ones, and, and I want to be able to move things around to be more time appropriate. Like today's episode. Today we are going to talk about the. I saw a Facebook post, um, and I don't believe in putting people on blast. You know, so we're just gonna leave it. You know, Facebook post uh, today. Uh, Privateer Press released a, a little blurb about their 2020 roadmap, I guess you could call it. And, you know, there's mention of some new stuff coming for Monster Apocalypse. We've got two new starters coming. Uh, they announced a plant faction. That was a big surprise. And, and some other stuff for, for their other games. I'll let other people cover that one. But there's a discussion kind of brewing on the Monster Apocalypse Facebook group about, uh, you know, well, introducing new monsters isn't going to help solve any of the game's problems. You know, they, they need to add scenarios or, or different styles of playing. And we'll lead off with just like a, a hard disagree on that one. And that's okay. You know, people can have their opinions. They're already the individual or somebody might not be the same person, which is why it's better to leave names out of it. But some people pointed to the Smashville campaign as a, as a really great alternative play format. Uh, and, and that is, well, uh, Smash oh, and also uh, the Megaton matchup. So Privateer Press has already introduced supplementary products that, that have these more uh, narrative uh, ways to, to interact with their models or, or to play you know, different games within the game they've created. Those are fine, but also you don't need Privateer Press to tell you how to do that. You know what I mean? Like if you don't like the head-to-head style of Monster Apocalypse, you're free to play however you want. There's nothing against that. As far as, you know, in the setting of the competition piece, uh, there, there isn't really uh, a staleness to the meta, and monsters, abso- new monsters absolutely do uh, shake things up. Uh, for what's an easy example, easy example we can use is Incinerous. Uh, Incinerous is an elemental champion's monster. He's, like, reasonably popular, but he has the, the downside of being an 8 health monster. He's the only like sub 10 monster we've seen to date and the reason is he's immune to fire hazards always under all circumstances so you know he's this uh, fire monk giant monster guy and so he's immune to fire makes sense and they compensated his health uh, for that one but this leaves him wide open for any type of counterplay that involves super damage so you know, there's uh, plenty of monsters that have super damage on their, their blast or their brawl attacks. Uh, Nova ESR and her hyper, uh, one of the unique things about her, she does have the, uh, this kind of long-range hyper damage blast. You have Kraken Octus to stay on the protector side, and, you know, he gets hyper damage on, or super damage on his fling and hyper. Uh, you know, and then various monsters, you know, there's just super damage on brawl here and there, you know, and then you have, like, monsters like Orgadra that's just super damage everywhere forever. So you have this uh, monster apocalypse uh, is really really neat because even at the especially at the top level, the meta has felt from the beginning uh, to be like to have extremely organic growth. Uh, 
and what I mean by that is, is these natural progressions that are independent of, that are not necessarily dependent on releases in order to push them. You know, so it's not like uh, something gets out of hand. Uh, I, I believe Yu-Gi-Oh! is like really guilty of that. They'll release a set where a certain mechanic or a certain interaction or card type is like really, really powerful. And then the following set will have be dedicated to like hard counters to that thing. And then that's supposed to... I, I consider that an extremely inorganic meta evolution. You know, but Monster Apocalypse, the, the options are already deep enough. And, and introducing more monsters just gives you more options because of the nature. We should do an episode on, on monster types uh, and, and really explore that one, you know, see if we can start to flesh out some, like, hard categories for, for monsters to help discussions move along a little better because as the monster benches get deeper, you don't want to have to, like, go down and list every single one that, that applies. Anyways, so, point being, if... Incinerous starts to become, uh, you know, a meta bully, and there's lists that are focused around Incinerous. There are ways that you can adapt your play style to deal with that. You can start looking at, you know, and valuing super damage monsters higher. You know, whereas previously, like a single blast or brawl attack, that you know, the deal super damage may not be appealing. But if all you're seeing is Incinerous, and you're not getting a ton of power attacks off in those games anyway, then suddenly these monsters come to light. And those types of monsters, you know, ones that don't focus on power attack efficiency were cited specifically in this thread. And while they're they're not wrong in that, you know, power attacks are do have a stronger focus in Monster Apocalypse, that's how the game's designed. Like, we're here to throw giant monsters into buildings and, like, make them land in the fire and all that stuff. Like, that's, that's pretty fundamental and core gameplay. And I don't think scenarios in the crush hour, in the standard, you know, head-to-head -head variant of the game are, are necessary. And I, I'm not even sure that it's necessarily Privateer Press's, like, responsibility, um, you know, to, to give us alternate play styles. You know, people homebrew rules all the time, and, and Monster Apocalypse is such a cinematic game with such cool figures, you know, there's no reason why you can't just figure that out on your own, you know, if, you know, if you're not, you know, you can just, you know, it's a game, you can do whatever you want. So other options you would have using the Incinerous example is, um, you know, you can change your building loadout. Uh, there's a building currently uh, called the Tokyo Triumph that does not leave fire tiles and does an extra point of damage when you land on the building. So this is a, a hard-coded counter to situations like this, you know, where it's still dealing three damage per building, but it's not dealing it through fire. So if, as a player, I'm getting frustrated with seeing too many Incinerous players running around, you just slam four Tokyo Towers into your list and make sure that you place all four of them within the center of the board during, uh, you know, your city planning or, or your base building part of the game. And, and all of a sudden, Incinerous is like walking on eggshells trying to get through, you know, this minefield that you set up for them. So, and that's, that's you know, examples of really, really healthy you know, meta rotations, you know, because then the Incinerous players might be frustrated with all the people bringing, you know, these types of buildings, and they'll switch over to something different, you know, to kind of adapt and adjust their play style on that one. So I, I do think that, you know, the, the kill your monster being the only objective, you know, that's fine. Uh, there, as far as the argument of, like, brawl, blast versus power attacks, um, I, I think that's just cooked into game design guys like and, and I think that's okay um, 
I think the the biggest drawback uh, there's a nice siren in the background for you the the only drawback that's kind of frustrating not even frustrating the biggest drawback to brawl and blast attacks is that you don't get the power dice return like you do from you know slamming or throwing somebody into buildings uh, and that can be that can make the games slow down quite a bit it can turn it into a slog and it can really prevent you from digging out of a deficit like you still need strong power dice generation and you know so hopefully we'll see more things to facilitate that you know, ways to, to make it kind of less punishing but you know having monster you know you can't have a game it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what game you're playing or what system you can't have every option be s tier you know that that's just like the nature of, of games and tiers in general you know there's going to be options that are better than others uh you know and, and that's fine you know like if you have a monster that you really like that has a, a brawl or blast focused kit uh, blast a cutter on the destroyer side is a really good example of somebody who i think is is a sleeper pick right now i think people are sleeping on this monster um blitz is extremely strong uh, it's an action that lets you move units out of their activation you know on your monster turn so you can blitz the the easy example is to put toxos units which if an enemy monster lands on a toxos they take an additional point of damage so you can blitz toxoses into you know the positions that you need them to using a monster like Blasticutter. So even though he's focused, he has rules dedicated to his brawl and, and blast attacks. Um, you know, he, there's also other elements of his kit to kind of enhance that. And it's worth taking him. You know, and it's worth making brawl and blast. You know, I think they did a really nice job with that monster. Um, I like the design a lot. I think he's just a little goofy, rules-wise, and people haven't really woken up to him yet. So, you know, it's, it just, that just shows, like, the, the depth of the game, you know, you can, if you come in with a plan and a dedicated list, you come in with Blast Cutter and a bunch of Toxos, um, you know, there's going to be some monsters, you know, that, that don't make the cut, but again, that's any game, and, and that's, you know, what casual play is all about. Uh, like I talked about in a couple episodes ago, you know, a great way to kind of level the playing field, so to speak, is to suboptimal you know de-optimize your lists you know bring in um these uh these less popular picks and, and then and you can still come at your opponent you know full throttle and you don't have to worry about making like awkward decisions and intentionally curbing the your play style itself because you've already baked in a handicap with your list building so that, that's what I think, you know, scenarios, we don't need them. Uh, we may never need them, but, you know, you don't have scenarios in, in Tekken. You don't really have scenarios in Super Smash Brothers. Uh, so I don't see why you would need, there's no scenarios in chess. People have been playing chess for a long time. Long time uh, people playing chess. So I'll just leave you guys with that one. Um, you know, the guy does bring up some good points, but but I don't think it applies to competitive play. You know, I think if you're looking for a more casual uh, experience, you can just kind of create that yourself. Um, Privateer Press will be releasing additional boss-type monsters like Galamaxis uh, in the future, and, and if you're looking for a different way to play, you know, you're welcome to enjoy that content that they make. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I will catch you next time.